Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Whenever you're watching this, we have another NFL Divisional Preview. Today we have the NFC North, and I have a special guest for the NFC North. I mean, who else would I bring on? Um, it's my co-host from FantasyPoints.com, token Minnesota Vikings fan, a staple of the NFC North, Michigan native. Dom, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Matt. Uh, I'm not going to be biased in this. Obviously, I've had this backdrop for golf and everything, but we're going to we're gonna just clean slate and uh, talk about some uh, football here. Yeah, I know. It's, it's very, pretty interesting. Obviously, we're golf guys at the heart, talk about golf on a weekly basis, but you know a lot about fantasy football. You know a lot about the NFC North, the Vikings specifically, so happy you're joining me. I'm ready to talk some NFC North, talk some football. Let's talk about the 2021-22 season. I know you want to talk about the records from last year, so let's let's start breaking it down. Yeah, so Packers, obviously, uh, the NFC North only sent one team to the playoffs. They were 13-4. and Rodgers, obviously, doing what he does. They were the clear favorite heading into the season. When there was a little bit of speculation that he was going to get traded last year, the yeah. Vikings got near even money, and I think they became a favorite at one point in time. Uh, Packers, once he reported and showed back up, they ended up being the favorite, went on to win by a pretty large margin. I think they had it wrapped up by like week 15 or 16, if, I, if I'm if i correct. Uh, Vikings were second at 8-9, and nine. Bears were third at 6-11, and 11. and then the Detroit Lions were 3-13 and 13, um, in last place in Dan Campbell's first year. So um, the odds are basically the same. There hasn't been a whole lot of changes when it comes to the NFC North. Uh, it's, in my eyes, it's a, it's a two-team battle. Oh, I agree. I agree. I think the division will be a little bit tighter throughout. Uh, obviously, the Packers lost some people. But I do think it's a two-horse race with the Green Bay and Minnesota. And I feel like you, as a Vikings fan, have to be fairly excited for this upcoming year. You got the – I mean, we'll get there more when we get there with the, when we break down the Vikings. But it should be a good divisional race, at, at least at the top. We might see some – especially the bears might be a mess this year, but it's good. I think it's going to be a bit more tight than it has been last year in the past few years. Yeah, I, I would hope so. I mean, getting yeah. on from Mike Zimmer and whatnot, and you, you don't know what the Packers are going to bring. I just feel like the, the bottom two teams have hope moving forward, but I think they are Not this year. both in true rebuild stages. I totally agree. I totally agree. So let's get into the teams. We'll start with the Vikings because that's why we're here. Um, and I wrote offensive weapons at the bottom. When you just go down this, this roster offensively, it's kind of scary. There is upside throughout, and obviously they showed that what their hype last year, what they could do with offense, but they are addicted to playing one-score games, and I know that probably drives you insane as a Vikings fan, but what do you? what's your thoughts on the Vikings offense and them as a whole? As a whole, I mean, the offense has never been an issue. Uh, when Mike Zimmer came in as a defensive-minded head coach, uh, the defense was very stout, and they won games through their defense, but over the years, it just kind of flipped. I mean, they were bottom 10 and uh, points allowed each of the past two seasons. They just weren't very, or they were pretty disciplined for whatever reason, top five and third down rate uh, percentage and penalties get or penalties against them. So in terms of like what they were doing defensively, it was just very shaky over the last couple of years, which now you get an offensive mind into the room and it's big going to be different because they didn't, like I said, they didn't have many issues on offense. The, like you said, you go down the offensive depth chart, you got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, who KJ Osborne. I'm high on KJ Osborne. He was the squad guy his whole rookie year. Uh, last year, 
forced his way into the wide receiver three spot and never really looked back. Like he showed a lot of upside. So I think you're pretty, you're three deep right there. And a lot of people are forgetting Irv Smith Jr.'s back. I mean, you, you're going to put him. He wanted to deal with some injuries last year, right? Yep. He tore his meniscus uh, last week of preseason, I think. And everybody was on him. And now he's got some type of finger issue. O'Connell says he's going to be ready by week one. So you're looking at him as being the number two, three option in that offense. Yeah, position. he's he's a stud. I mean, Conklin did well, but Irv yeah. Smith is an upgrade for sure. And defensively, I think losing those key pieces, uh, Richardson, Barr, um, Everson Griffin, I think those got, that's going to be tough to rebuild from because the defense was already not great, and those are some big names, especially Barr and Griffin. Yeah. Uh, so, especially with – I mean, you don't have to deal with Devontae Adams anymore, but you still got to deal with someone named Aaron Rodgers twice a year. And But besides that, I feel like the Vikings have a real, real chance this year. I mean, you can't say they didn't have a chance last year because they right. were in a lot of games and folded. They killed themselves. Yep. But – I think there is a real upside for them to take home the NFC North this year because we don't. There's some. There's a lot of question mark, question marks in Green Bay. Yeah, and one of the biggest issues for the Vikings last year is um, last couple of years actually the injuries across the offensive line. They just didn't have depth mm-hmm. to replace these guys. And when they did replace some of the offensive linemen, the guys struggled. And Zimmer did nothing to change it. So this year, right when Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, the new GM, stepped in, he just hammered the depth uh, across the offensive line. They got Austin Schlotman, a guy who played for the Denver Broncos, uh, guard and center, so he can play really anywhere on the interior. Jesse Davis from the Miami Dolphins had 72 starts for the Miami Dolphins, uh, played every single position but center over the last four or five years. And then Chris Reed from the Colts. Uh, he's kind of been a journeyman, but he has 29 career starts. So just having some of these guys who have experience and don't have to just be plug and plays on, on in week one should be pretty big for them. Yeah, and I agree. And you know a lot about the Vikings, so you're very honest and you know what to expect this year. So I do think there's upside. I do agree with what you're saying. Let's move on to the other to the favorite in the NFC North, the Green yep. Bay Packers. How much is Devontae Adams really worth? He is arguably the best receiver in the NFL. I think now the NFC North uh, is best receiver is Justin Jefferson for sure. So how much is Devonta Adams really worth? I think he's worth a lot, but maybe not as much as people expect because I mean, even when, even in his first couple of years, he didn't hit the scene and he wasn't just some stud from the start. They had right. Jordy Nelson. When Nelson went down, that was the year Devonta Adams saw his ADP rise, had a solid year. I think it was his second year or, I could be wrong, but never really hit the ground running right away. And that's what their wide receiver room kind of looks like right now. They got Romeo Dobbs, who is a talented rookie who's outperforming Christian Watson at this point in time. But it's hard to say how a rookie is going to be able to just walk in and how they're going to be. I think a lot's going to lie on Alan Lazard, who's in a similar spot to Devontae Adams, where he had a report with Rodgers not being the number one guy. But now he's the number one guy, and Rodgers makes it sound like he's 100% fine with that. Yeah, and I agree. But the thing, they're going to lose some some drives that they gained last year because there's those times when you, you see that Rodgers and uh, Devonta Adams, they call a nine route, and then he'll just break it off at the sticks. And they don't even have they just know that that's what they're doing. It's yep. just the communication. It comes with years of playing with each other. It's Devonte and Rodgers. Rodgers is going to have to build that chemistry with – clearly less talented receivers, but he definitely is capable of doing it. He's the, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever played in the NFL. Yeah. 
Yep. So he's done it his whole career too. I mean, he's yeah. taken guys like Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, guys who were yeah. later round picks or not too high profile guys coming into the NFL and done a lot with them. And that's what we see good quarterbacks do with just about any weapons that they're given. So I don't think it's going to be too big of an issue. But like you said, the whole Devontae Adams thing, he could just they just read each other's minds. And when you play with someone mm-hmm. for that long, I mean, the back shoulder passes, the fades mm-hmm. around like inside the five, inside the 10, some of the plays, they just know exactly what each other are doing. Taking that away alone is it, it's going to be a pretty big deal. Exactly. On those like third and threes where uh, like they, they talk after the games, it's third and threes. They say they have like a, a little quick out route call, but Devontae will see a little gap in the middle and they'll just a slant and Rogers sees it and they don't even have to communicate. They know what they're yeah. doing. So they're going to miss that for sure. They're going to miss a few third downs at the end. They could be pivotal end of half, end of games that like Rogers was just automatic getting down the field at, in the end of the games last year and his whole career with Devontae Adams. So it's going to take a little bit of time to get used to. If they do get off to a slow start, I would not be that surprised, but I don't really see them not being in the divisional race coming down the stretch defensively. I didn't even mention this with the Minnesota. They lose an area Smith to Minnesota. Is that correct? Yes. And they play week one. So the green Bay had one of the most improved defenses last year from the years before, which was uh, an X factor of how they performed last year. I arguably should have been in the super bowl. I thought they were going to make it, but they folded from their special teams, which is another update they'll have this year. Um, So is Smith is a big loss, but besides that, they didn't really lose anyone else defensively that I would say is worth noting. I think no. they'll be okay there, but it's really the Devonte Adams question mark. Who's Roger throwing to? Cause he lost MVS as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how they perform at the gates. Yeah. And the whole Devonte Adams trade kind of allowed them to build on their defense through the draft. They mm-hmm. use their first two or their first two first round picks on defensive guys, both from Georgia, Quay, Quay Walker, yeah. they took at 22 and Devonte Wyatt at 28. Sorry. So just bolstered that defense and really went all in. I think if you're going to sell a receiver, kind of similar to like how the Vikings sold digs, but just not at the same time or value. I mean, getting rid of a receiver in their mid to upper 20s and being able to replace that with a first round pick. I mean, eventually you're going to replace Devontae Adams. First round picks just don't always come around that exactly. that easily so being able to do that build on the defense it's and like i said it's not like a full rebuild like the lions and bears it's one guy one guy is replaceable yeah. and they improve their defense and got younger and there's it's not like they're dead like they still think they can win a super bowl the whole culture yeah. they upgraded their special teams which was a literal liability so i think they still have super bowl aspirations it's going to be interesting to see how this the vikings and packers pan out all right now let's move on to the ugly part of the division the Chicago Bears and the short line. We'll start with the Bears. And I think a win for them is keeping Justin Fields healthy. Their line is a bit of a mess, and they are not – I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. A healthy Justin Fields is huge to get to next year. I mean, I'm not really too worried about how he performs this year because he's only working with so much. So I just think keeping him healthy is a win for the Bears. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's kind of alarming, though. Like, they literally – couldn't have tried less to put fields in a worse place to succeed. Like they did absolutely nothing. Um, The, you look at the wide receiver room and I tweeted this out quite a while ago because last year I thought the Detroit lions had the worst wide receiver room that I had ever seen this year. The bears might've taken the cake. You you look at the depth chart from top to bottom, Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, Velas Jones, Jr. Aquinius St. Brown, Daz Newsome, Nikhil Harry and Tajay Sharp. 
Yeah. And Nikki, isn't so, Nikhil Harry hurt right now? Yeah. He yeah, hurt. he's hurt. But they they traded for him recently and he got hurt after yeah. that. Even if he's fully healthy, it's like you invest all that draft capital in trading up for Justin Fields, giving away a future first round pick, which ended up being a top five pick for the Giants this year. Um, and then you do nothing to aid him or help him. Like at least go sign a big free agent or take a receiver that's not a 29-year-old rookie like Velas Jones Jr. Over-exaggerating there, but I I just just don't understand what they're doing there. Like, you have Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, who they're both okay at what they do, but they're not number one guys on a majority of teams in the NFL. No, and I agree. And they had they didn't have the worst receiving core last year with Goodwin and with Allen Robinson and yep. Mooney broke out. And they still weren't like good. Like right. they still didn't they had their plays, but they still weren't good. And now they just got worse. I think you take I, Robinson I away and add essentially nobody. I mean, Byron Pringle could never get it done with the Chiefs. I, I bet I've never got been worse. that big of a fan. Yeah, yeah. They, they were a bad offense. They got worse. They struggled to score. And Green Bay is always a team that relies on their defense. Oh, they got rid of Khalil Mack. So yeah. What are we doing in Chicago? It's a mess. I think they're going to be a mess. So, I don't yeah, know. looking at the offense last year, they were one of just 10 teams that averaged less than 20 points per game, and they had the third lowest passing yards in the entire NFL. I don't know how that passing yard is going to get any better. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Oh, and not only Khalil Mack, they lost Akeem Hicks too. Yep. They have, they're going to be a mess. Chicago will finish last in the division. I, I definitely think they will. And by, by the time we finish this, we'll give our predictions on where, how we think th- this division will pan out. So, And looking at odds, uh, sorry to cut you off. Looking at no, odds, the Bears are by far the worst odds to win the NFC North at 16 to 1 on points bet. Uh, the Lions are 10 to 1, their second second worst. So it's, yeah. it's a fairly large gap between the mm-hmm. third and fourth there. So I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't like the new GM, don't like the new head coach. If you or anybody watching this hasn't got a chance to watch the open pressers by Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, go do so because it will explain the entire offseason. They just are clueless. They are. They are, and they've been for a little bit now. All right, so let's move on to the final team, the Detroit Lions. I think there's some real upside here. I don't think there is, uh, what was that, 2018-2019 Jaguars AFC Championship upside. But I think there's a good vibe going to Detroit. They're going in the right direction. We saw flashes last year. They hung with some good teams. And they also got blown out by some bad teams. They showed what they could do. Obviously, golf has a little bit of weapons. They upgraded their defense a little bit. I think there's upside. I will think about taking their over six and a half wins. But what's your thought on Detroit? So being from Michigan, I've always had probably an unfair bias of just not liking them, but realizing when they're good. Um, I am taking the under six and a half. Okay. I just don't trust Jared Goff entirely. I think he is a much worse version of Kirk Cousins, if that makes any sense. Immobile, not as accurate, doesn't have that big of an arm. However... Added DJ Chark, uh, yeah. traded up and got Jamison Williams in the draft. Don't want to talk about that trade because the Vikings did not receive enough to move back as far as they did. But kudos to the Lions front office for pulling that one off. It literally felt like a robbery. So I like the fact that they 
are trying to improve. Like I said, the Lions, I compared them to them to the Bears wide receiver room last year. Last year they had like Tyrell Williams, uh, Brashad Perryman, and Armand Ross St. Brown. Only one of the three made it to week 18. And that's probably where the Bears could end up being because those guys are that bad. So seeing them go out and attempt to incur- – make that wide receiver room better with DJ Chark uh, from the Jaguars. Like I said, Jamison Williams, at least you're giving the out for you. Do you know how long Jamison Williams is going to be out for? Cause he uh, got hurt in the national championship last year. I yeah. don't think he's going to be back for week one. No, I, I think it's going to be a couple weeks before he fully comes back. I would say no later than week five, but that's just based off of what I've heard moving forward i mean obviously it's a tough injury to come back from it was a later injury so it's not too easy all they've really said is that he's gonna miss week one um but i don't know either either way i mean you're, you're gonna get him down the stretch and i don't think it's a situation matt where you want to force him back no like, definitely not they're not like winning a super bowl this year exactly and you invested a lot in him you took him he's to top 15 you traded mm-hmm. some draft capital to get up there He's your true wide receiver one moving forward. There's no yes. reason to rush him back and re-injure him. Yeah, and I'm interested to see how DJ Shark performs because it's been a while since his name was really popping with him and A-Rob yeah. and Jax. So who knows? He, he was never an, an elite guy, but he was a guy who filled, who knew his purpose and filled his role well. Um, I don't know if he's if he's going to be having a too big of a role in Detroit. We'll see how that comes, but he's a talented player who can get it done. So, yeah, that you're taking – I'm going to take the over for Detroit, I think. So – that makes a little side bit we have. So let's yeah. – let's, what are you going to say? Oh, no, I was just going to touch on DJ Chark one more time. Uh, no, yeah, go ahead. him in Jacksonville. I mean, 2019 was his, his breakout year. He surpassed 1,000 yards for the first time, got over 100 targets, the only time in his, his career. Dealt with some injuries last year, but I yep. think there is an outside chance where he could take him on Ross St. Brown as the number one. Which is crazy because he kind of came – I knew who he was coming out of college, but he was slow, slow, slow. And yeah. he kind of broke out. Um, who knows if that'll keep up because he he's had, got that potential. I was kind of low on him coming out of the draft last year, but yeah, he proved me wrong. And I've been bad at predicting receivers. I thought Jamar Chase was like the worst pick ever, pick, taking uh, no. him instead him instead of Penny Sewell. Penny I was Sewell. on record yeah. saying you got to take Sewell here, yeah. Arrow. But I was hand up. I was wrong. Prove me wrong. So I'm. I guess I'm not good predicting receivers. So we'll see how a uh, shark performs. I, so you- I think Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, he, fantastic year. Don't get me wrong, but I think he was elevated a lot by the lack of options. Like I said, the wide receiver mm-hmm. room. Oh, was yeah, that's true. Rotating throughout the year, they were adding guys and pulling guys up from the practice squad here and there. Hawkinson dealt with some injuries. Swift missed some time, so it was like there was Swift literally nobody else to throw to. Swift number one pick in fantasy. No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can, if you're in one of my leagues, feel free. But feel free. division prediction. So how do we think this is going to break out? I'll give my one to four first, and then you. I think we're going to be aligned now, to be honest, because I'm going. I'm going with you, number one. Well, actually, I don't know. Who do you, who's your one? For be the honest. purposes, I ha- I have to go Vikings number one. I'm okay, not I'm with lie. you. I'm with you. Um, talent. There is talent in Minnesota. The only thing I'm worried about, and I'll be a hundred percent honest. Rookie head coach worries me because it's been quite a while since I've had a rookie head coach that I personally am watching. I was a lot younger when Zimmer came in, obviously, and it takes a while to adjust to new regimes and get the playbook, get the flow and everything. The 
defensive backfield is also a concern to me. Um, I don't love the corners. And if your corners are struggling, your ceiling's only so high. So that's the only two things I think can stand in their way. Um, but I think it's very clear the Packers are the one B. I'm going to say one A and one oh, B yeah. because I they're they're minus one fifty five to win the NFC North. The Packers for a reason. I'm not stupid. I've been not through this that. a bunch of times. We know what Aaron Rodgers is capable of. Um, so that's my one A one B. I'm actually gonna put the Bears third. Really? That see, that's yes. where I'm. I'm going Detroit. I know you. Well, you are alone in Detroit. You said that. I'm going Detroit three, Bears four. I think the Bears will have the worst record in the NFL. They, they have a chance. Uh, obviously, ten, I think ten to, ten to one. I think the Bears, Falcons, and Lions are neck and neck. I don't think the gap should be as big for the Lions and Bears to win the North. I, like I said earlier, ten to one for the Lions, sixteen to one for the Bears. Crazy things have happened. We've seen it all before. I don't know. I just think Justin Fields has so much potential that yeah. we haven't fully seen. But like he I said, himself, if you don't, exactly if you don't give him the weapons to do so, his his, college, ceiling, yeah. his ceiling just is capped. He just can't throw to Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet the whole time yeah. and have That's to stand the field with a, a poor defense. The defense was horrible last yeah. year. And so was the Lions, though. I mean, both teams had pretty bad defenses and didn't make massive upgrades. I agree. So, could be bold, but that's what I'm here for. Yeah, all right. So, let's talk any bets, props, futures for the NFC North. I'm going to go with two win totals. I'm going to go Chicago under 6.5, Detroit over 6.5. And, and I am thinking about sprinkling that uh, Chicago worst record in the NFL, 10-1. to 1. Besides that, uh, I'm not really sure any like bigger futures. I don't want to pick a, I don't want to bet the Vikings plus one plus whatever because Green Bay is a real like threat, obviously. But I do think uh, Green, uh, Minnesota will win this division. I just don't want to put my money there. That's fair. Um, my future, I'm gonna go with the guy right over my shoulder, Justin Jefferson, Offensive Player of the Year. I We're think there. he's he he's been. At a better number, but right now the best you can get is 15 to 1 at Bet Rivers. Offensive player of the of the year goes to the best skill position player right. for the most part, unless there's an outlier quarterback season. But we rather we, we rarely see them give the MVP and the offensive player of the, of the year to the same guy. It's kind of yeah. been a trend in that way. Like Cooper Cup, who was under Kevin O'Connell last year, is now with Justin Jefferson, is mm-hmm. with O'Connell. And Jefferson's even expressed he's like now I understand why Cooper Cup was so wide open all the time because yeah. the way that they scheme things. Like even week like 15, 16, 17, like down the stretch when you think people are like honing in on Cooper Cup because Woods is still out doing and it. Yes, he's, he's still, still doing, doing it. it. He's yeah. still like I, – I, I can vividly remember plays where there's not a defender within like 8 to 10 yards of him. And it's like <laughs> how, is this, how is this possible? Yeah, it December? is – no, I know what you're talking about. And, in the playoffs too, in the playoffs too. And I don't think – it's outlandish at all to say Justin Jefferson's more talented than Cooper Cup. No, I no truly believe argue. that. No, so if they can argue. scheme up the same type of thing, I don't see any reason why Jefferson can't nearly duplicate what we saw from Cup last year. So at 15 to 1, I'm willing to throw some money on him for offensive player. Yeah, I think that's a great bet because I really think the MVP race is going to be Josh Allen versus Justin Herbert. Like, I really do. Yeah. So offensive player of the year will go down to one of these – 
stud skill positions, these Justin Jefferson, uh, Jonathan Taylor type type guys. So I think that's a great bet. I like that. Is that any, you're going to take any totals or is that it? I'm still waiting on totals. Um, what about Minnesota over nine? My gut wants me to. I don't hate it. I believe it was at the same thing of last year and they missed it by one. But like we talked about earlier, all year. the all the last second losses that they had could have very easily got there. It's always been easily. the case. So easily. with Zimmer out of town, I would imagine some of those won't go through. But seeing a 3-4 defense and a brand new defensive scheme is going to be extremely weird. And I don't know that they've upgraded enough to eliminate those late, late losses. The only departure that could help them there is Mike Zimmer. So I agree. We'll see. So any final thoughts or are you got everything you need to say about your Vikings off your chest? I'm cautiously optimistic. I think like we said at the top of the show, two horse race Vikings Packers. I think we'll see early what the Packers are going to be. Um, unless you look at last year where they just got blown out by the saints. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, this, we could, that was crazy the division. And then they never looked back. I don't know what that was. I don't know if it was Rogers not coming wild. to camp right away and delaying that yeah. process or what it was. But when they got beat that bad, I was like, but if it happens this year, I'll probably be a little bit more optimistic. Right. Um, and obviously week one, uh, Green Bay comes yeah. to Minnesota. It's a statement game. If you can't beat your division rival at home week one. It's a, Minnesota's geared up for that game. I can promise you that. Yeah, you, you you don't deserve to win your division if you can't show up for that game. I know it's only week one and you right. don't have you can't overreact, but that game is gonna be pretty telling, especially if it's not close one way or the other. Right. So this is gonna be a really fun division. We're gonna see some fireworks. I think we did a pretty good job breaking it down. Dom, thank you for joining me, NFC North. Um, you guys know where to find us both on Twitter. Any questions about uh, NFL, NFC North, golf, whatever, hit us up. And thanks again. I will see you guys shortly. Great show. Thanks for having me, Matt. See ya.